You're listening to Interesting Vancouver Portraits. The show is an extension of the annual Interesting Vancouver Speaker Series, and it's a podcast about ordinary Vancouverites leading extraordinary lives. I'm Josh Gabertoyal, and today, an interesting Vancouver portrait of matchmaker Gaby Iru. Gaby is the director of Record Me Now, a society that helps people who are dying record messages for their children. Gaby is trained as a counselor and is currently a member of UBC's palliative medicine department. But she also has a background in something a bit different. Gaby is an expert matchmaker. While she was in her 20s, she and her brother founded a Jewish matchmaking meetup called Dining Club. Dining Club started because my brother and I wanted to meet interesting people who weren't in a kind of religious, dull setting. We wanted to meet people who were really out there in the community working very hard, but wanted to meet other people and didn't quite know how in London. And we started off with a few friends, with about 18 friends, And then the next dinner we had 50 and quite quickly it really bloomed and suddenly we had 500 people and we ended up with um, over 1,500 people who wanted to meet people, including a guy who flew in from Los Angeles uh, just to be matched up with, with quirky people. We would ask people, if people phoned up and wanted to meet someone, we asked them to fill in a form and... People would write about what was the most romantic thing or what was the silliest thing they'd done or what did they consider adventurous because one person's adventure is not another person's. And then we would try and match them up with other people. Sometimes I was really naughty. Once I wrote on a form, boring, 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 (laughs) and I matched him up with someone, boring, boring, boring. And then I found out that when they got engaged, they asked for their form back. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) So boring, boring, boring did marry boring, boring, boring. But they are very happy still together. And um, we tried to, to go with type and go against type, but just went on a feeling of who we thought might, might gel well. We did it because I'm nosy and because I was working and studying and counselling and it was interesting to know what people thought they wanted and then looking at who they actually picked for themselves. People would often write that they wanted all these virtues but then they'd kind of go ding if they saw somebody and then they'd say, okay, I want the girl in the green dress please at my next dinner. And we would do it so that half the time we'd be selecting people for them to sit next to And the other half the time, we would let people feedback on who they wanted to meet at the next dinner. Greek Greek restaurant, new restaurant, meses, everybody sharing everything. Um, We really left it very, very open. Um, So if people wanted to come along and set their own um, conversations on the tables, that was exactly what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be how you want to introduce yourself. And that person might reinvent themselves for the next dinner. But we left it up to people. There was everybody from musicians to lawyers to chefs. Um, there, was, there was really the whole gamut of society because people just heard about it and came. And, um, and some people, we have no idea who they were or what they were doing. If anyone was peculiar and people said they were peculiar, we didn't invite them again. We had like a real, I don't know, autocracy or whatever the word is. It was, it was, it was not PC. We just said if they're, not, if they're spooky, they can't play. Um, and... Uh, but it was, it was very lovely, and some people made jazz bands, some people sold apartments, um, and 14 couples found long, long-term relationships. I think the challenges was that it was quite quickly growing to be this, this it's like my son wants a teacup pig, and, and <laughs> it was like the teacup pig. We started something tiny and cute, and then it became this huge thing, and um, it was hard to be running a day job while doing this, but you know in your 20s you have a huge amount of energy and vibrancy and and we were lucky 
my brother and I to have each other and also to have this energy and momentum. It kind of fueled us that the the challenge fueled us to be bigger, take on bigger spaces, you know, put down money in advance for restaurants that before we probably wouldn't have dared. The challenge gave us energy. Very early on, my brother was just putting up templates of what did we know about these people, what ages were they, who had sat with who before, because we didn't want them to double up. We sat them on small tables of six, um, so that even if they didn't fancy the person next to them, maybe they'd like the person across and they could still hear them. And then at the end of the dinner, people would either stay and talk, or they would come and say to us, I really, really like that person over there, please, next time. So we would take lots of notes, and my brother would then computerize everything. I remember being very annoyed when people would uh, go for the super good-looking girl and not go for the brilliant, amazing, fantastic person who was sitting two seats from her. That was, I think, tricky as an organiser because it was really patently obvious to me that the person they should all be running after was somebody different to the super leggy, sexy one who really had nothing to say. Um, so that stuck with me the importance of really looking under the under that veneer and, and being able to get to know a person. And I really hoped, maybe more than I should have, that over the dinner they would actually see the other one was funny and zesty and interesting and political. It didn't always happen. Normally by the end of the evening they'd all be asking for the leggy sexy one's number. When we got older people, we tried to separate it. So we would have evenings for people kind of 40 to 60, and we would have sessions for, you know, mainly 20 to 35 was probably our, our main group. Um, I remember one older man asking me, um, he said, I, having a great time, but I want to meet a bitch, a beautiful bitch. I want to meet a beautiful bitch. And I was like, I'm very sorry, we don't kind of work on that kind of level. But a little while later, this lady kept ringing up and she kept hounding my brother and, and telling us that we weren't doing enough. And we tried to say to look, we got full-time jobs and we're doing this out of love and in our spare time and licking our stamps and posting our posts and trying to do our best and passing on money to charity. And she was really mean. And so I said, that's it, that's it, that's our difficult lady. Tried not to use the same word as the gentleman had, had said. And then I, I sat him next to her for his main course. Um, and at the end of the evening, um, and this was a bit, you know, the rooms were always big. They were sort of 60 or 100 people or 200 people at, at the function. And I said, so, so, um, how, how was your evening? He said, very good. I said, so the special lady I picked for you, um, which one was she? And he said, yep, she was my, I think she was my main course. And I said, so she was, she, she was good for you. Do you like it? Are you going to meet her again? And he said, she is beautiful and a bitch. Unfortunately, I've already married her once. I think in matchmaking, there's what they think that they want, and then there's what they really want, and then there's what they more primitively really want. <laughs> and so you're you're kind of guessing those three, and that's the challenge, is that there's their self-identity and, and how they view themselves. And I guess it's not what somebody's missing, but what would enhance it's rather like a, a menu. You sort of say, okay, there's this lovely, you know, grape dish, and then what would it go well with? You're listening to what they're saying, and at the same time, you're completely ignoring what they're saying and saying, what are they really, really longing for? You know, the person who is so put together and held together and proper, 
would probably do quite well with someone who can bounce off walls and, and be quite dynamic and they would kind of free each other a little bit. I think the point at which we had this guy flying in from Los Angeles and we had a guy regularly flying in a private jet from Switzerland, I thought, okay, this is getting quite serious. It was just, you know, my brother and I sitting in his room, sticking stickers and matchmaking forms. Um, and I think then we realized, you know, this is really fulfilling a need and it was a great pleasure for us because we got to meet all of these people as well. Um, and that made us sit up and think, okay, this is really, really serious and made me take it and offer it to a group at another level and say, you know, this we should really have this computerized. This was, you know, the 90s and uh, and then I was very lucky that I was very friendly with a, a super computer geeky guy and, um, and he was telling me about uh, more and more about the web and capacity and so I put that together to a panel of experts that shouldn't we fund this thing that would match people all around the world who have interests where we could put in some kind of algorithm to, to match people so they're not with same but they're with similar interests um, but with some big big differences because I found that seemed to work well. Because it was mainly a, a sort of Jewish dining club um, we took it to Jewish Continuity who's this organization for um, Jewish people meeting Jewish people and we took it to this very wise group of 12 people who sat there in suits and I felt um, I should have stood up more. I should have asserted myself more. Instead, they said, yes, nice idea, but we really don't think people will want to use computers to meet people and maybe go away and research it for a few months. I said, I've been researching it for years and years, but I went away and researched it a few months, came back and said, still a good idea, still a good idea. But um, I think they really couldn't see that people would be prepared to have a computer involved in the process. They started talking about funny things, like there were some aspects of kind of religious Jewish law that they thought might get in the way about certain practices that certain people might be involved in. And I, I had no interest in any of that in sort of what people were doing <laughs> within the relationships. And I think that sort of muddied the waters. I think um, we did it in a very sort of pure giving way, and it could have continued in that way. Um, yeah, I think the organization was a bit concerned about who would self-identify as orthodox and how would that be checked and what would their practices be. And, oh, you know, that, that kind of lost the picture. The vision was let people meet. What I should have done is taken the people and just said, no, you guys come to one of these dinners and sat them in a, at a table right in the middle of the room and they would have seen this kind of whirling joy um, and, and quirkiness that really wasn't existing in any other way. Um, and I think then they would have got a sense of it. I was fairly flabbergasted that it didn't come to anything. But I do love matchmaking. I believe in love and I believe in feeling very, very happy when you're with people that you feel supported by and who you can support. This has been an interesting Vancouver portrait with Gabe Iru. This episode was produced by me, Josh Gabbard-Dwyon, with support from David Swanson, Brett McFarland, and Mark Bussey. This podcast is made possible by the City of Vancouver, SFU Woodwards, Graphic Designers of Canada, and Creative Mornings Vancouver. 
Through talks, workshops, and programs, Interesting Vancouver celebrates the people and activities that can only happen in Vancouver and by Vancouverites. For more info, visit us at interestingvancouver.com. I'm Josh Gabertoyon. Thanks for listening.